Hey guys, Ryan DeMent, True Podcast. Hope you are having a great day. Last week I spoke from the heart and I'll always speak from the heart. So thank you for the comments. Thanks for the feedback. Let's continue to communicate, guys. Respect one another. Things will get better. So let's get to this week's true topic. Number one, forbearance, pending foreclosures, pending evictions, market crash, however you want to call it. So let's get right into it. The Mortgage Bankers Association put out their weekly forecast of forbearance, and it ticked down to 3.25%, which is 1.6 million households. So let me give you the down and dirty on the numbers. 10% are at the start, 160K. 82.3% are an extension. That's 1.3 million, which means they've been in there longer than 12 months. 7.7 are re-entry, guys. 123,000. Not a lot, but it could add up. And then on the exits for the week that go from June 1st, 2020 to August 15th, 2021, 28.3% are in deferral or in a partial claim. That's 453,000. Keep an eye on that number. Remember it. 16.1 exited with no payment or loss mitigation plan, 258,000. 13.1 are in reinstatement. That's 210,000, which means they've completed their forbearance, they have put together a payment plan, they're executing on it, and the monies that were not paid during the forbearance were added to the back of their loan, which either means they've got a balloon payment, terms were extended, or their payment went up with no additional terms. And then 1.4 are in that other category, which means foreclosure, here I come, that's 23000 Everyone's talking about this. The group that I'm worried about in this uh, release is the deferral partial claim group of 453,000. Those are at risk. And then the 16.1% or 258,000 of exited, no payment, no loss mitigation plan. So right there, there's a potential group of 711,000. But there's a small little survey that's out there that no one talks about that's self-reported. And guys, I know it's from the federal government. It's called the Household Pulse Survey. And it's conducted by the Census Bureau, and it's done weekly, and it, it's self-reported data. And they ask multiple questions, and of course, we are going to be looking at housing, but some of the, quest- some of the topics that they cover are education, employment, food sufficiency and security, health, housing, of course, what we're going to focus on, spending, and transportation. And the category we're going to pick is likelihood of eviction or foreclosure, and it's week 13 and after, and they are up to uh, August 15th also, like the Mortgage Bankers Association. So with that being said, their preface on this data is this, percentage of adults living in households not current on rent or mortgage where eviction or foreclosure in the next two months is either very likely or somewhat likely. So that means they're greater than 90 days past due or more. They're saying from the self-reported data that 4.6 million houses, 
and I say houses, they can be apartments. And this is where I'm gonna this is where I'm gonna split up the numbers for you. And yes, you're probably thinking there could be some overlap here. I agree. I'm not I'm not saying this is scientific. I'm a guy that likes numbers. I'm crunching the numbers and, and trying to make some headway with it. How you interpret it, that's up to you. But this is just me giving you the data and not wasting your time to let you know there's going to be more opportunity out there. If you're a real estate investor, you're looking to buy a house, there's going to be, there's going to be opportunity. So they're saying $4.6 million, Okay, Right now, roughly, there's $43 million single-family resident homes that are rentals and roughly 24 million in apartments, which roughly equals out to 67 million. If you take the 4.6 million from the Census Bureau, that means 2.9 million of that 4.6 are houses. So at 2.9 million... There's potentially, and I wanted to double check my math, and I'll show you what I'm looking at later in the video, 950,000 houses, single-family resident houses, that would be in jeopardy of eviction. Add that to the potential of a 711,000 houses that could be foreclosed upon, and now you have 1.6 to 1.7 housing units that potentially could be available to the market. Now, let me back up and preface this. At the peak of the foreclosures of the last downturn, if you lived through it, 2006, 2008, lasted 2011, 9.3 million. So 1.7 versus 9.3 it's a drop in the bucket, but it's still a number. It's a, it's a pretty sizable number. Now, let me add another caveat to this. I am not the federal government, nor am I a state government, nor am I a local government. If they all decide to prop the market up, then these numbers are going to be kicked down the road. And at some point, potentially these could snowball and become even bigger, or they could just dissipate if they decide to absorb all these I don't think that's likely, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Share that. Do you think the, the, gov the federal government and states are going to kick these evictions and foreclosures down the road? I don't know. But anyhow, we digress. At 1.7 million, that's a lot of houses to absorb. Now there's two things that are going to influence this. The Fed, the Fed is talking about Reducing inflation, which inflation last month was 5.7 from core from the CPI, which means that strips out food and fuels, which means it's even higher. And if you are like me, you go shopping, a bell pepper is now costing you a dollar when it cost you 59 cents before. That's going to eat into your budget. And if the Fed decides to start raising the Fed rate, a quarter percentage at a time, uh, you know, or more, I should say. Sorry. That raises interest rates, which would raise mortgage rates, 
which in turn would not allow people to buy houses because they can't afford as much. So if you have fewer people in the market, you have interest rates going up, housing prices haven't come down yet, where does that leave the housing market? Potentially on a downside because you don't have enough demand to absorb these 1.7 million units of houses. And you're probably saying, oh, these landlords are not going to sell their houses. I know I, I talk to a lot of landlords and I talk to a lot of people on a daily basis and they're telling me the exact same thing. As soon as they can get out of these, they're going to get out. They do not want to be a landlord anymore and go through this again. Now, this is, I'll tell you what's going to happen. We'll have a huge influx of these being sold if they're not being sold already. And then at some point, we'll come back around and things will change. But the big boys are still going to be out there. All the hedge funds that are buying you know, tens of thousands of houses, they're going to hold those. And then when they can't get the ROI for their, their clients, guess what? They're going to flood the market with their houses too. So at some point, we're going to have some serious inventory. And I don't know if we'll be able to keep up with it. We'll see. But what I wanted to say here is you can't just look at mortgages that are in forbearance that potentially in foreclose, that could foreclose. The mortgage back, uh, excuse me, the mortgage bankers association came out and said foreclosures are at their all-time low. Well, duh, there's no foreclosures happening. They've been on hiatus for 18 months plus. So how how can that be a true number to know exactly what's going on? Since states and the federal government haven't let you foreclose since the beginning of the pandemic, so I don't know where that number is going to go and how that's going to happen. But at some point, you know the you can only hold the dam together with bubble gum and tape um, for so long. Is this going to crash? I don't know. It all depends on how the federal government in the states react to it and how it gets propped up. Because ultimately right now, everything's propped up and I, I, you can't really see the true numbers until it actually starts coming through the funnel. And then you'll see what's going on. Guys, uh, I know this is a, a topic that we talk about a lot and we talk about forbearance, but we don't talk about the total population universe. And with rentals out there, I think that's going to be part of the population and it was part of the population in the last downturn. So that being said, love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. But I want to head into our three true topics there's a black swan coming in the housing market is what they're saying in mainstream media. We'll talk about that. Landlords are wanting to exit, just like I said earlier, in housing, housing, housing. And there's a few pieces of data in there too. So stay tuned. All right, guys. First true topic, housing market black swan bubbling from Fox News or Fox Business News. I'm sorry. They come out and write and just write and hit you in the face. The euphoria in the U.S. housing market may be flashing a danger signal and lofty home values could be at risk of a sharp drop. Well, duh. There's a thing called supply and demand. And if you're paying any attention to what's going on, there's not very much supply left and the demand is starting to uh, waver because of prices are out of control. 
And when I take a look at what they're writing, um, it comes down, they, they quote a survey from the University of Michigan of consumers published in July found only 30% said home buying conditions were favorable, which was the lowest since 1982. That, that kind of, that kind of tells you something. Um, and then the other piece that they're on is our second favorite topic, lumber. Let's see what lumber looks like today. At the time of this recording, lumber is $475.60 per thousand boards feet, which will be settled in September. I don't know what date on September. Sorry, September 10th. So we're kind of at the 52 week low 47135 was i'm sorry 448 was the 52 week low on lumber so getting close like i said earlier that'll have a rebound so back to the black swan uh, it, no one can tell you when the market's going to what direction the market's going to go but they still say it's a seller's market, but in my in my words, they are correct. But the one thing on the new home side that they're not talking about are or is builders are pulling back on their building futures to where housing starts are are not there, and by doing so, they're now being able to prop up the prices of houses that they're selling. So they're trying to artificially keep the prices up as long as they can to squeeze as much money out of you and I when they buy a house. Because if they kept on this torrid pace, they wouldn't. the market demand would not be there and the supply would sit on the market for many days. Um, and I think I read in this article, I did, uh, it says the average home nationwide is sitting 17 days on the market. So that is up dramatically and here in phoenix i'm starting to see houses sit 15 and 20 days and they're still getting market uh excuse me they're getting uh price reductions so black swan all three coming together i don't know you guys tell me on that one the next one landlords looking for an exit um i like this one it's out of yahoo news and it really talks about the struggle of landlords um and the biggest thing that stood out to me was there's 15 million people living in households that owe as much as $20 billion in back rent. And that's according to Aspen Institute. So that's pretty close to what you and I talked about earlier. And that being said, there's a lot of smaller landlords are getting out of here and in this article, they talk about that, and they interview two people, one uh, in New York and another in Michigan. And one of the, uh, the landlord um, talks about they put $50,000 of their own money into their properties so they could actually keep things going and pay those mortgages to ensure that they're taken care of. Um, but the thing that, that got me 
was both of them said they're looking to exit the business uh, and sell their houses. And they have sold some at a loss and some they're trying to get back. Um, when I say get back as in get to square where they're not losing money, but they're saying right now there's not a lot of demand there, but they're now starting to find a new niche, which I think is pretty cool is selling the rentals to people that want to buy them, which they'll be owner occupied and then letting them go through the process of evicting, um, the tenants. So then they can live in the house down the road. It's a different spin. I'm sure it's been out there, but at the end of the day, um, it's just a different way to look at it. Uh, nothing else out of this one that I, I really liked. And then the last is from CNBC. Home sales rose for the second straight month in July as demand outpaced slightly stronger than supply. They're saying their headline is the inventory homes at the end of July. These are existing 1.32 million down 12% from a year ago. But that is a smaller annual decline than in recent months. The median price of an existing home sold in July was $359,900. Still 17.8% increase compared to July 2020. That's crazy. You price people out of the market. You can't, you can't get anywhere. Um... First-time home buyers represented just 30% of the market, whereas they were usually around 40% historically. Nearly a quarter of all buyers are using all cash, also a higher share than normal. So again, buyers coming from states where they can sell their house for a substantial amount more money, like California, New York, and then they're coming to states like Arizona and Nevada. And buying a house for cash and pricing other people out of the market. Uh, and then they, they actually touch on new homes in here. Uh, they say the latest read on sales of newly built homes from June showed a sharp decline in both monthly and annually. According to the U.S. Census, the data set, the data set is based upon signed contracts. So it's looking at roughly the same activity as the July data on existing homes. Newly built homes come at a price premium to similar size existing homes, and builders say they are now seeing even more buyers unable to afford what they would like. Well, duh. You keep on raising the prices five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars or more at each release. How do you expect people to afford that? A good example, the community that I'm in, I'm in the second phase, and they've got two other phases after me. My same house is almost $100,000 more than what I paid for it. And we're talking, I moved in in February of this year. So we're talking six months, seven months. Figure that out. That's just ridiculous, crazy, guys. All right, those were the three topics I hope you guys like this week. A little bit shorter than uh, normal. Stay safe. Be good to others. Have a great day. Make sure you're always looking out for the ones that you love and you're respecting one another and things will get that much better. Have a good one. I'll see you guys on the other side.